Hello, I'm Liv Bolton, and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. Today's guest is Zara Mahmood, known as the Hillwalking Hijabi on Instagram. Zara's a hiker who lives in Glasgow. She only got into hiking three years ago when a friend took her out for a walk to reduce the stress of her chartered accountant exams. Since then, the outdoors has transformed her previously city-orientated life. She now spends dozens of weekends in the hills, highlands, and on the Munros of Scotland, and counts down the hours until her next adventure. Zara is hugely motivated in encouraging other Muslim women to get into the outdoors and experience the physical and mental benefits that she's felt from it. She says she noticed early on in her hiking life how few people like her were in the hills having adventures, and she wants to change this. Through her social media, Zara puts particular emphasis on showing how accessible hiking can be, offering advice for beginners, and answering any questions for those intrigued but perhaps too unsure to start. She hopes by showing that a hijab-wearing woman can have adventures outdoors, more women will follow in her footsteps and the hiking community will become more representative. I went to visit Zara at her home in Glasgow to hear more about how hiking has changed her life and how it's inspiring her to get others outdoors too. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can see photos of Zara and her adventures on theoutdoorsfix.com or on Instagram at The Outdoors Fix. Zara, thank you so much for having me to Glasgow. You're welcome. I'm glad you can make it up, although the weather is not that great. <laughs> it's not, but I took the sleeper train up here yeah. and it was really fun. Yeah. I haven't been to Glasgow in such a long time, so oh, it's lovely yes. to be back. Good. Good. You are obviously known as the Hillwalking Hijabi on yeah. Instagram, yeah. and I've loved seeing all your pictures from all oh, your adventures you. in Scotland. <laughs> How did the name of that come about? I think it was a mixture of family and friends and it wasn't actually myself that came up with it um, because I was thinking for a while to make an Instagram because I'd been going hill walking and hiking for a while. I think it was my friends. I think they were the ones initially that pointed out that I was the only hijabi that they ever see out out in the mountains or the hills. And when you say hijabi, just for anyone who is not familiar with the term. Um, So I wear a head scarf so I just cover my hair when I'm out and can be a bit challenging sometimes when you're hiking in like really hot weather benefit when you're hiking in the winter though so um, so yeah uh, I wear a head covering I, I think I don't think I was aware of it until they said it so um, when they said that I mentioned it to my sisters and I think it was them that came up with it and said oh you're the hell walking hijabi one of them's actually one for my previous birthday made me like a, a, a flag with she had, she does um, kind of caricatures and stuff yeah. so she made a caricature of me hiking and put the hill walking hijabi on it. So she's like, if you're ever on a, and you want to do it, I was like, I don't think I will have the guts to do that, but it's nice to have that anyway. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And tell me then, you've only recently, well, in the past couple of years, yeah. got into hill walking yep. and, and hiking and yeah. the outdoors. So yeah. what was your life like? I think it was probably about three years now. Um, I was studying at, um, my work through my, for my professional exams. Um, You're a chartered accountant, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, so they're quite intensive exams and I got a wee bit unwell. Uh, that was because of the stress and the st- of the studying and the kind of not eating properly. And I didn't do any exercise, I've never been to a gym at that point. And 
one of my one of the girls that I was studying with Pamela she kind of mentioned how she goes to the gym before we meet up to study and it used to make her feel a lot better so that's probably at the point when I first started to even do any kind of exercise or physical you know activity before that my life was just work go out with friends in the evening or the weekend and just you know that's it really cinema kind of the, just the typical non-strenuous activities that you would do, the hobbies. How did you get into hiking then? Who introduced you? Do you remember the exact day? Yeah, I do. It was my birthday. So um, it was uh, in August um, and it was about a few years ago now. And it was a kind of a slow burner because um, I was going through a difficult time as well in my life. And uh, Pamela and Fiona, the girls that I studied with, um, we all kind of try and do something for each of our birthdays as a threesome. So uh, for my birthday, they decided, you know, to get me out there, kind of clear my mind and all the rest and it'll help me. So they said, let's go climb a mountain. And at this point, I think I was a bit naive because I thought, yeah, that's fine, that seems doable, we'll do it. And they chose Ben Lomond as the first one. And I think because I'd heard so many people saying that they've climbed Ben Lomond, I thought, yeah, it's doable, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Totally naive. Um, And I went and it was so hard. There was so many times that I stopped and I said, no, I can't do it, I uh, need to turn back and I hadn't even eaten breakfast because I don't normally eat breakfast, oh I know, I know, it was terrible, they were, I was, they were telling me off the whole way. Pamela had to actually give me her breakfast bars to eat because I had sandwiches with me but that was for like the top and it was like Asian food so I thought that's not going to help with the kind of reflux that you get when you've not ate um, any breakfast so Pamela had to give me her breakfast bars and they had to just keep pu- pushing me to kind of continue going and that was the first time I ever went. So it was 25th of August, and I think it would have been 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And so how high is Ben Lomond? Uh, it's a Monroe, so it'll be over the 3,000 mark. 3,000, 3, yeah. yeah foot, so it'll be over 3,000. I don't think it's that much higher than 3,000. I don't know about the exact, but it was. But that is still for, for a yeah, first, for for a first, first one, mountain. Honestly. And how long was the walk? Do you remember? I think, <laughs> so Fiona had said at the beginning, because Fiona does a lot of um, hill walking, she'd said at the beginning, yeah, uh, I've done it a few times before. It takes like maybe four or five hours at the max, and I think I, I added on like at least a couple of more hours to that because of the amount of times I stopped and yeah. had to just rest. And sometimes when I stopped, I would just kind of stop like for a while, and they were like, "Okay, let time to go." And I was, like, oh, I was hoping that they'd just forget about that <laughs> and just sit here and enjoy the view. <laughs> so when you got to the top of Ben Lomond, yeah. then how did you feel? Uh, I've got a picture from it, and I'm just absolutely smiling from ear to ear. And it's just, um, I think it was, it was relief, the first, the kind of the main emotion. Um, and then it just happiness, like, oh, I didn't think I could do this and I've actually done it. So I think it was relief and happiness and also, let's quickly go down now. <laughs> like the amount of pictures I take now when I'm hill walking compared to then, I didn't take one picture. All the pictures I have from that first hill walk are from my friends. It's not been any of mine because I didn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe, never mind take any yeah. pictures. So After that first one, how did you enjoy it so much that you were like, oh, let's go again, let's go again? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so after that first one, I thought, that's horrendous. Is that what they're all like? <laughs> so it wasn't like that, that, you know, sometimes you do something and you forget how bad it is because you feel so good afterwards. It wasn't like that at all. I remembered okay. how bad it was. And I think for probably about six months, I didn't do any kind of hill walking. I did walking and I did was continuing going to the gym, but I didn't um, do any kind of hill walking at all after that. And then I, I don't know what it was. I think it was like six months later and I, I was still going through that kind of difficult time in my life. And 
I think it was just seeing Fiona and Pamela, mostly Fiona, going out and hill walking and seeing her resolve as well because I was telling you before she'd broken her leg and stuff and she was kind of still just straight back on it, you know, um, with that resolve and I thought, you know, it's kind of a hard thing for someone to get over if they break their leg and hill walking or hiking is such a big part of it and it can affect you probably mentally and the fact that she was able to kind of go out there and, you know, she feels better after that kind of inspired me, I suppose, to go. Um, so I think the the next one that I did was again with Pamela and Fiona and it's six months later and I think that's when it hit me that I really actually enjoy this and I feel so much better when I'm like after it and you know just feel like your head's clear and you feel like you feel lighter as well physically so mm. yeah oh, I could definitely that. understand that yeah um, a lot of a lot of people I spoke to this podcast completely yeah. say the same thing yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's amazing that you found that and yeah. you have obviously lived in you've been yeah. born and raised in Glasgow yeah, yeah. but you've never been never never no. been to the mountains never no I think it was I think I've been like to Loch Lomond and I've seen them and I think oh they're so pretty and I, you just I've just never like registered in my head that I could be at the top of that if I wanted to like I just didn't think it was possible for me to do something like that you know almost when it hit me when I got into it, it I kind of I felt a bit ashamed that I've lived here my whole life and I've I've never appreciated this beauty and you're thinking I've wasted all these years I could have been up here. <laughs> you then obviously got into it. Yeah. Tell me where where have been some of the best adventures you've had in Scotland then? So, Pet Lockery with Ben Vraki. I think we went in. Oh, it was complete covered in snow. Like and tell me tell me which part of Scotland that is in. So that's between like about north of Glasgow towards mm-hmm. the east. So uh, just like central Scotland, um, just like outside of Perth, mm-hmm. and it was completely covered in snow, and oh, it was amazing. The pictures, the, the scenery, oh, it was stunning. It was one of the, probably the best, and it's not on roads, a Corbett, so it was one of the most scenic ones I've ever been on. It was just fantastic, and even though it was hard, especially because the snow's up to your knees mm-hmm. and you can't see where the trail is anymore, and you were trying to have to kind of guess and kind of look for footprints and stuff like that. It was still, I've never laughed so much in my life walking up that one because I just thought it was, it was funny as well because you're kind of like getting, drowning in snow, but also it was just, you were just so happy because you're looking around and you're thinking, how can anyone be annoyed in this kind of setting? It's, it was amazing. Oh, fantastic. How many Munro's have you done? <laughs> I've only done, I think, six or seven. I've not done that many, so mostly I'm doing, I, I, I think I'm starting to get into it more now, so, um, before Ramadan I did two in one day and that was an achievement for me because I've never done that at all like yeah, I've done one so that was Ben Narnain and Ben Eam okay. so that's in the Arakur Alps so not too far from here um, and <laughs> although it took like most of the day for me to do um, it was amazing it was just that feeling you know and we actually got a good day most for most of it it just started to rain once we got to the summit of the second one and then we were coming down, so that was amazing. Um, but mostly, sometimes, you know, when life gets in the way and you don't have the time and things, I try to still go for a walk or a hill walk, but maybe it's somewhere closer or somewhere that you can do in less time. Mm. So that's why I've probably not done as many Munro's, and I'm also a bit wary of holding other people back, so I try to, I'm trying to build up more of my kind of stamina first before I... Uh, it's probably an excuse. It's probably an excuse holding <laughs> me back, but yeah, that's why I've probably done more Corbett's, I think, than yeah. Monroe's, yeah. And so where around Glasgow, for those closer adventures, do you go? So there's quite a few in South Lanarkshire. Um, 
uh, and then there's some in Glasgow as well which I was shocked at finding out um, you've got the campuses you've got the Kilpatrick Hills or the Kilpatrick Hills although it's short and you could probably be up and down in an hour it's a killer because you're walking up and it's completely vertical wow. it feels so oh, the amount of times I had to stop on that one and it's funny because I took one of my friends who is, hasn't been hill walking as much and has started doing it now that I do it she's one of my best friends and I took her with me and she was just like and that was the second time I had done that one so it just shows you the kind of progress you can make from the first to the second because I was kind of walking up and and she was the one that was asking me to slow down and I was like oh that would have been me like yeah. a few weeks ago Sounds fine. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how do you fit it in with your job and your life I mean you you say you've got yeah five day a week job as a yeah. chartered accountant yeah how do you make it work? Yeah. Mostly a Sunday probably, just because I think a Sunday's a nice day to go out and then it puts you in a better frame of mind for Monday. Um, but sometimes I'll take like random days off work and then if I know it's going to be especially a good day, like good weather-wise, which is very rare up here as you'll know, uh, I'll take the day off work um, and because uh, my work is quite flexible like that so as long as it's not something pressing I can just kind of put it in last minute and then I'll just go and see who's free and with them so oh, most of the time though it is the weekends and do you have a car to get you around there yeah, or, yeah you do yeah. and and who do you go with usually normally it's Fiona and Pamela and um, sometimes one of my sisters because um, she's gotten into it recently as well um, sometimes I take my niece oh, as well how yeah. old your niece she's seven she's going to be eight in October oh yeah. she must love that she absolutely does so she started hearing the stories from me like me excitedly telling everyone and she sometimes just takes my phone and scrolls through my pictures or my Instagram and she's just in awe she says I can't believe you're on top of that is the mountain higher than the house than the house because she thinks the house is so big how could you climb higher than that and the questions that she asks is just amazing so I thought I would take her out. So me and my sister, the one that is into it, um, not her mum, um, we took her to the Wangi, which is part of the Kilpatricks, and, and we chose that one because it is quite magical, and th that is exactly what she said when she went to the top, this is so magical, Aww. so it's just amazing to see that kind of in her eyes and her expression, and she was, it was so funny because she is kind of like... Um, quite sensitive so like if she falls she'll start crying and all the rest of it she fell so many times going up that and she didn't cry once she was just laughing like she thought it was so funny like oh, to be covered funny. in mud and just be enjoying the outdoors so oh and building yes. a confidence yeah and, definitely oh she'll have so many fantastic yeah. memories from all oh. of that so actually that's interesting talking about you know showing other people the mm -hmm. benefits of hiking you, you've spoken before about how you've really wanted to get other people like you yeah. into hiking yeah. so tell me a bit more about that so I think it just came from when I was with Pamela and Fiona and it wasn't until Pamela pointed out that I was only hijabi out in the mountains that's when I became more aware of it and I think like the very odd occasion we would see someone maybe not a hijabi but someone maybe that's Asian uh, out I would be like oh look I was like almost like you were spotting it so you know like where's Wally kind of thing I think just when she pointed it out I, th I thought well why don't we like people like in my community do do that kind of more um, and I was thinking about it and talking about it with a lot of people and I think it's maybe we're such because we have such big families and we're kind of almost like a self-sacrificing bunch we don't put ourselves first we're always like oh, you know, my mum needs this, my sisters need that, my in-laws might need this, my husband needs that, all this kind of stuff. So you're almost kind of putting yourself last. And I think that's 
it's nice, but I think you also need to put yourself first. And I think me going with, for example, my best friend Sidra, um, you know, she's got all those kind of challenging like um, responsibilities. She works full time and everything as well. She does so much volunteering, um, and now she's realising how important it is to put yourself first as well, and just you know, self care, self love, all that kind of stuff. And um, so I think I just wanted to show people that you know we can do this. We can make the time for this. A lot of people actually have started doing it but not because of me I don't think it's all because of me or anything it's because there's now a few groups that set up that now take black and ethnic minority people out like BME people out um, and it's because their you know their health is worse than non-BME people you know they've got certain their risk their risk um, of like diabetes or heart conditions are worse as well so you know it's just trying to like get them out and you know healthy and all the rest of it so I think that coupled with maybe seeing more visible people and not just myself out there is maybe kind of spurring people on that oh you know you can go out there you can do that and you know they ask me oh how do you know what route it is and you know things like that they don't know and I think I'm thinking oh well actually most of them are marked you know especially the easier ones if you're going to find out they're all way marked so you can't get lost because it's a quite an easy path so even things like that they were maybe it's like something so small like that that's holding them back so it's maybe just making it like even through pictures through the visual media like making them like aware like oh like that's how you do that there's information boards stuff like that and also on your Instagram stories I noticed that you do give all of that you know advice yeah, yeah. Um, about getting started yeah, yeah. hiking yeah. and then answering loads of questions yeah, yeah. do you do you think there are sort of cons other concerns about perhaps how to adapt hiking to your faith or um, maybe to some extent because obviously like well one of the things is that sometimes I think about is praying five we pray five times a day so um, if you're out the whole day you're kind of missing your prayers um, but I've actually been out and prayed while like out in the outdoors and I do that sometimes even here in the garden um, and it's just that nice kind of feeling because it's almost like you're meditating out in in the outdoors so it's it's a real it's as calming as praying is and meditating is it's even more so outside so you know it's things like that and I've been a wee bit I've got pictures that my friend has taken of me like while I've been praying outside I've been a wee bit hesitant picking them up just because that's something personal to me but it's something that I have considered but other than that, I wouldn't say it's probably more the faith, it's probably more the feeling of standing out. I think because a lot of people I know, and myself included, when Pamela pointed that out, I thought, oh, I didn't realise that. Like, mm. you know, sometimes you get used to being the only minority in place, especially, for example, in work and situations like that. Um, like, for example, in my chartered accountancy classes that we did, I was the only ethnic minority of any kind in that class for like four years almost. So you, you sometimes get used to it and you don't notice it. So maybe people that aren't used to it are probably feeling a wee bit like, oh, I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb, you know, and, and maybe also for the ones that um, wear headscarves, they're thinking it's too hard because it is, it gets really hot and mm. sometimes I have to have like a few different coverings in my bag. If I'm starting off with um, like a normal headscarf, um, I start to burn up, then I've got to stop, I look around and swap it out for another one that's yeah. maybe a lighter or a cap or something like that. So maybe it's kind of these kind of things and that's why the night hijab is really good. Um, not that I'm trying to plug them or anything, yeah, yeah. but it is really good because it just kind of slips on and it's that kind of resistant material as well. So yeah, so there might be a few concerns and that's why I think um, 
I, I just try to be open about how I'm going about it, how I'm finding things and all the rest of it. And when it's difficult, I think it's important to say it because I think before I started and before I started following certain accounts on Instagram as well, I was thinking that these are all seasoned hikers. They find it so easy that of course they can do all this. And I think it's also important to show that you know, not every, you know, just because I've climbed a certain amount of hills, Corbett's, Munro's, that I'm going to find the next one I go on so easy, because I'm not, it's all, it's all quite hard, um, sore on the legs, you feel sore, you feel like giving up sometimes, especially if the weather's bad, and I think that's important to show that, that, you know, it's normal to feel like that, you're not good, and not every walk is going to be plain sailing, and, you know, it's just about that resolve, and how much you want to, like, achieve it, and feel like that, kind of content feeling afterwards because mm. yeah what would you say to people like if you were to say to encourage them to get out there what do you think are the biggest benefits for you I know you've touched yeah. them slightly but what, what would you say I would say probably the biggest is the mental kind of health aspect of it you, you just feel so calm and lighter physically and mentally afterwards you just feel like it just puts you in such a good mood. I, I can't even explain it. There must be some kind of like, you know, it's just such a natural environment. It's untouched, you know, most of it is untouched, um, you know, by anything else. You're away out of the city, out of your stress, out of, out of your head even. And you know, sometimes when you're out there, you're just kind of concentrating one step in front of the other, one step, one foot in front of the other, and just need to get to the top because you're finding it hard that day for whatever reason. And you're not thinking about all the other kind of stresses that you're normally thinking about. And you come back, you're in a better frame of mind. You feel like, you know, you know, I, I can get through this week now and I'll have next weekend to look forward to. So I would say probably the mental health aspect is the biggest one. And then, of course, you have the physical aspect as well. Um, from someone that did absolutely no exercise like three, four years ago, I can tell it's making a difference. Uh, not necessarily in weight loss or anything, but more just internally, because um, yeah, stamina wise. Yeah, 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 definitely. So mental and physical probably the biggest benefits from it. Yeah. And it's so great that you can you've shown just how it is small steps, mm -hmm. and we all do that. But with those small steps, you make progress, and you can mm -hmm. you can all everyone. I believe everyone can go yeah, out hiking. Yeah, definitely. Um, whatever hike it is, it doesn't yeah. have to be a massive mountain. Um, I've taken my mum out as well, so you? yeah, and she normally goes on walks around about like the area or the park and stuff like that, but she's never been on a mountain and she said she never would, <laughs> so I took her one day um, and it was Ben Ann, so it's quite a small one, It's a, they call it the mountain in miniature, but it's got amazing views for its size, so I thought that would probably be a quite a good one because it's not too strenuous, but you've got the kind of views that you would get on any Munro because it's amazing. So it was me and my sister and my mum that went and she did struggle a wee bit just because she's got sore ankles and stuff but she, when she got to the top her face, it was just like seeing my niece, like niece's face, oh. so her face was just like wow this is amazing. Yeah. You've also um, spoken very openly about um, how when you're you're doing Ramadan yeah. that you don't hike, no, no. tell me a bit more about that. Um, I do do walks around about the area and, and the park but I wouldn't go up a hill and while I was fasting. Uh, I think it's probably and each to their own because there will be some people that can manage it but I think it's probably a bit selfish of me to do that as well because if god forbid something was to happen to me I'm kind of just leaving it up to the people that I'm with to t try and take care of it and I would hate to be in that situation because you kind of panic and don't know what to mm. do so because um, yeah. you don't eat during daylight no. and or drink or drink exactly yeah, or so drink. yeah it would be a lot of pressure on your body yeah. no, that's interesting and it and it's it's really great that you are showing and um, encouraging questions and you know kind of opening up dialogue 
Yeah, dialogue between and just yeah. you know seeing how other people hike and yeah. how they fit it into their yeah, lives. Definitely, I think I think that I've realised the importance of dialogue through my work actually because when I first started um, there as a trainee, uh, I was the only. Um, ethnic minority, Muslim, only one that wore a hijab, and that's an organisation of like 300 people. So um, I think for a lot of people it was the first time they were talking to someone like me, and a lot of the time they were scared to say anything, and I'm quite an open person and I think that's quite important to be like that, especially in the current climate. Um, so I've always encouraged questions in work, and I think now people kind of feel comfortable just coming up to me and asking me like so for example recently Eid which is a celebration after Ramadan I made like loads of cupcakes and took them into work and I wrote a little note and normally I don't actually write a note but this time I thought oh, well because I've made, handmade them normally I buy them so I, thought, so I thought I'll write a note so I wrote Eid Mubarak which is kind of like the equivalent of saying Merry Christmas um, help yourself love Sarah um, so a lot of people came up to me trying to say Eid Mubarak, which I thought was really nice and made for a few laughs as well, so it was quite funny. Um, you know, and that's something that maybe they wouldn't have done but when I started like seven, eight years ago now. Um, so I think that kind of importance of dialogue is really important to kind of break down barriers and let people know that it's not offensive to ask questions at all. Obviously it depends on how you're asking them, but a lot of the time it's not offensive at all. And even things like I remember going to Fife for work and uh, doing a stay away there where you're kind of staying up Monday to Friday and it was really warm and I remember being out and someone, a woman came up to me and I, I think this is when I realised the importance of dialogue is the woman came up to me and said, I'm really sorry to ask this and I don't want to be offensive and I thought, oh no, what's she about to say? Yeah. <laughs> and she actually said, oh you know, I've suffered a heat stroke and I tried to cover my head but I can never cover it properly and the way that you've done your head covering is so nice, can you show me? I was thinking, well, that's not offensive at all, that's actually a compliment. So I think that's when I realised that, you know, people are probably scared to ask questions and equally people like me are probably scared to talk about it in case they just get like, you know, difficult comments back or you know any kind of ignorance or that kind of thing so I think both sides are probably scared some people some people are open as well on both sides as well but some people will probably be a bit hesitant and I think that's really important just to show people it's fine to ask questions <laughs> absolutely and so going back to the hiking then yeah um have you had any hikes where you just thought I do not even want to be here yeah well <laughs> there was one that I did and it's not that big it's not I'm a or a Corbett but I suffer from gastritis and IBS and all sorts of stomach issues because of when I was studying I had the stress kind of bought that all on so I remember it was Conic Hill and it was me and my friend Fiona just both of us and we went up and that's like an easy one like kids this like two three year olds can do that like it's not a difficult one so it just shows you it just depends on your mood that day and everything and I remember we got halfway up and I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up and it wasn't a throw up of um unfit kind of it was like my stomach is churning I'm gonna throw up um, and we had to turn back and go down so we'd, I didn't make it to the top that time and I was so embarrassed because it's such a small one and I, and I was like I can't tell anyone that and I was so embarrassed at that I was so apologetic to my friend she was like that's fine don't worry because she was training for I don't think it was Kilimanjaro I think it was some other one in Italy I think she went to some mountains in Italy so she was training at that point so I think I, I felt bad I'd ruined her kind of training as well um, so yeah that was one that was probably the first one that's ever happened first and only that I've ever had to turn back 
um, and it, and it's funny because it shows you it's not a Monroe, it's not a Corbett, it's it's, it's a hill, <laughs> and you know it just depends on your kind of be- well-being that day. Um, so I woke up feeling a bit like, and I think it was just sometimes it's certain foods that trigger it. So um, now before I go on, I know I'm going on a hike. I eat totally bland food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I eat a lot earlier, so no Asian food as well because it's spicy. So I eat a lot earlier, like try to finish eating by six o'clock. Um, lots of water the night before, so I have to really watch what I'm eating the yeah. night before, just so that that doesn't happen again. Yeah. What would be your breakfast before a big hike? Eggs, eggs and toast. Yeah. yeah. So I know a lot of people eat porridge. I just don't like the consistency of porridge. So I think eggs as well. That's what I normally eat um, when I'm fasting in the morning. So and it keeps me going throughout the whole day. So I think eggs, just because they're a source of protein and then just a couple of pieces of toast with them. And I hate eating in the morning, but I force myself to now because of that first time. Exactly, you definitely need <laughs> yeah. it, don't you? It, that's, that's how successful a hike is going to yeah. be, really, is yeah, it? What exactly. you eat in the morning. Yeah, exactly, how you I feel your so. body, so, yeah. yeah. What do you want to see happen? Do you want, through your you know, through showing people and um, you being out in the hills, what would you ideally like to see happen? Would you like to see more girls like you? Yeah, yeah, ideally, yeah, I would. I think it's just, it's, I think I, I put a post up about it once where I was saying, you know, um, trying to draw parallels by seeing a fellow hijabi, someone that wears a headscarf, and people that are out in the mountains and see each other because both are can be difficult choices to make because one, you're choosing to cover your head in a climate where so, some people don't understand why you're doing that and can be quite aggressive over it. Um, and the other is choosing to get out of your bed on a Sunday morning, which is quite difficult to do. And sometimes when I'm doing it, my alarm goes off. I'm like, oh, I really want to go. And I have to force myself out sometimes. And, you know, when you see that see um, someone in the mountains and you're both there early, you know, and you're starting and it's a nice day, you kind of give that kind of knowing smile to each other. Uh, you say hi, you stop to talk, and I think it's the same kind of feeling when I see someone that looks like me in that sense, because I'm like, oh, I kind of, I get why you're doing it, it's difficult, I get why you're doing it though, and you kind of give that knowing smile to each other, so I kind of try to draw par- parallels between the two, um, and I think to put them both in the one kind of setting would be great. <laughs> so you've got some exciting hikes coming up, yes. tell me about those. Yeah, so at the end of the summer, just at the end of August, I'm doing the Rob Roy Mighty Hike series. Um, so it's with Macmillan uh, Cancer. Um, it's 26 miles? It's 26 miles. Yeah, that is yeah, tough, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I do need to start training though. <laughs> um, so that's at the end of August. Um, and whereabouts, tell, me, tell us whereabouts in Scotland is. So it is, again, it's the Rob Roy Way. So there's a specific set way, but it, Rob Roy Way is kind of similar to the West Highland Way in that it's over a few days, but we're just doing a section of it in that one day and it's like Glasgow, like towards the north, I think. So And that'll be, yeah, 26 miles, so. Yeah, you better get those feet practised, don't you? <laughs> those wool socks you'll I definitely know. need. I would like to achieve a lot more Munros, but I'm not one to go out looking specifically for Munros. I think as long as you're outdoors, uh, you don't have to be doing big mountains and ticking them off. Like I, I don't get me wrong, I am ticking them off as I do them, but that's not the kind of message that I want to send out because I think it's so important to tell people that there's other ones that are more accessible, that are better off to start with. You know, you don't need to be feeling like you're not worthy just because you're not going on these big ones because I think a lot of the time some people are saying I'll see some people post stuff like that are saying like 
um, oh, it's not a Monroe, but you know, look what I've achieved, kind of thing. And I think, well, it doesn't matter. Like you've Don't achieved, need the yeah, yeah, exactly. It's amazing. You've still achieved that. And one of my favourite things is to look out in hashtags for like hill walking or hiking, and see people that are doing it for the first time and just kind of cheer them on because I think so many people did that to me, and it's it's kind of like pay it forward, like give it back to the people that are also starting. What has hiking brought to your life? A sense of peace, I think. Um, a sense of calm. Uh, a sense of achievement as well. Uh, I, I genuinely didn't think that I could be one of those people that were hill walking or hiking. I used to make fun of people that used to go to the gym. Like, I was just like, How, why do you do that? Like, what are you getting out of it? And I kind of understand now, like, even more because it's outdoors. Because as good as the gym is, you know, it's so much better and nicer and everything being outdoors because there's, you're just with the elements, aren't you? So it's just kind of like that kind of... Uh, it's almost like I would say a spiritual feeling for me as well. So it's just it's it's it, it's just indescribable. <laughs> Sorry, who would be the three people who have inspired your adventures? Okay, so I have to start off with Pamela and Fiona. So. Um, they come as a package, so they're one. Are your work colleagues? <laughs> yeah, they're my work colleagues. Um, they are. Uh, they're not Asian like me, so that uh, you know, it's nice to have that kind of bond with them, and um, that's why they had pointed out that you know that I'm the only one that they see that looks like me. Pamela is super fit because she, like I've said, she goes to the gym every day. Um, but Fiona is fit in a different way in that she's done so many Monroes and I think she's broken her leg on one of them in Sky as well and she had to be airlifted out and as soon as she got the the metal rod in her leg and it was starting it was healed and she'd gone through the physiotherapy she was way back out and I think she even raised money for the kind of mountain rescuers that had kind of airlifted her out and so she's she's been a big inspiration in the sense of getting outdoors whereas Pamela's been the inspiration of getting more fit and mm -hmm. the benefits to your health of that so yeah, they definitely come as one. The second one would be my niece. Um, What's your niece's name? Amira, which means princess. So it sounds better in, in uh, Urdu or Arabic. <laughs> um, so Amira, um, and she's, like I said, she's like seven. Um, she's going to be eight in October. And she's not more inspired me because she's out there doing it. She's inspired me because I see the kind of wonder and awe and interest in her face when I'm talking about it and it's kind of inspiring me to keep going and take her out when I can as well. kind of keeps me going so that I can set that example for her. I was babysitting her recently just before Ramadan and I'd given her the option that we can either go bake a cake, we can go out for like lunch or brunch, we can go to the cinema to watch one of the kind of new films that had come out that she was interested in or we can go hill walking and without missing a beat like quick as anything she said hill walking. And my sister, who's her mum, was standing there listening and with this puzzled expression on her face. <laughs> and because she, she doesn't go out and she says she would like to at some point, but she's kind of like, mm, I don't know. And she obviously she has other responsibilities as well with two children. Um, so she was like, if that was me at your age, I would have chosen the cinema. She was like shocked that she'd chosen. She was like you're not like me at all, like, she was just so shocked that Amira would choose that, um, she thought, I think she thought initially that her interest in it was more just to kind of show me that she's interested and act like a grown-up, because you know what, kids are sometimes like that, but I think when the fact that she chose that and then she went out and all the rest of it, um, she was really shocked, and I bought her her first pair of hiking boots as well. Oh, amazing, <laughs> yeah. oh, she's a great motivation. Yeah, she is, she's so cute, and she, 
she lo loves it because I always say to her, you know, if you need to stop and have a rest, just tell me. Um, and she'll say, okay, and then she'll be struggling. She'll be like, how long? Like when she's kind of going up, like we all do. And I say to her, okay, do you need a rest? And she's like, no, no. And she's like determined, like, no, I'm making it up there. So, so it's really nice to see that. Third person is someone who's no longer in this world, but still kind of inspires me for my faith is the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. And he is the kind of prophet that brought Islam to the world. It was only recently that I realized that he used to do the same. He used to go like up mountains and hills and caves and just sit there, meditate, reflect, kind of just take away from the kind of hustle and bustle because he was such an important person. Like there was like, if you read like his story of his life, he was, he was just helping so many different people and he used to take the time for himself and reconnect with the world, the um, God, with the environment, the surroundings, everything. And I think that's so important, that message that, you know, he was like the busiest person ever. And if he can do that then and make time for himself, then we should all remember to make time for ourselves as well and do what helps us and all the rest of it. So I think he's... Um, through reading that, which I only realised in Ramadan, that um, you know made that connection that, oh, hold on a minute, I do the same thing. I've kind of managed to reconcile a bit more of my faith with what I'm doing, because sometimes it's hard to kind of think, oh, you know, uh, I should maybe be like, oh, what if I miss my prayer? Or, you know, what if I do this? Or I could be doing like voluntary work or charity work or other things with my time. And I think just to see that and remember it's okay to take that time and it's okay because you're actually reflecting you you know for me it's a spiritual thing as well like i've said so i'm thinking about god and thinking about his beautiful creation the mountains the everything the scenery so yeah so in that sense he's probably prophet muhammad peace of blessings be upon him has not inspired me in the sense that um i first got out because of him so i can't lie i can't say that he's he's the reason I got out there to follow the example he set. It's more that he's now kind of given me that ability to reconcile my faith with it and see the benefits of it as well. Coming up at the end of the podcast, your real outdoors fix. A minute of the sounds of nature to divert your mind away from daily life. But now back to Zara for her tips and advice. What tips do you have for people who are really starting out in hiking or perhaps haven't even taken that first step but really want to? Yeah, I think I can only give tips from the kind of anxieties, maybe of a strong word, that I felt before I started. So the first one was what to wear because I was clueless. I was like, you know, can you wear what kind of material, all the rest, the boots. I think the boots were the biggest um, source of confusion for me because I was thinking can I wear trainers and you cannot wear trainers <laughs> so um, all that kind of stuff so I would say you know go somewhere where they're maybe a wee bit less expensive um, because you're the first time that you're going you know you don't know if you're going to do it as regularly so there's no point in investing in a big source of kit and you know feeling like you've got to match everybody that's out there and um, just go for um, somewhere that's less expensive get I would say just get a good pair of leggings, get a good pair of um, like a t-shirt or a, a, I wear a fully long sleeved one and I feel like that protects me a wee bit better as well with the sun and stuff um, and it's that certain kind of, I don't know what material it is, but it's that kind of res absorbent material um, instead of wearing something like cotton because that's Cotton is terrible. It's not good yeah. at all. <laughs> when you get very swissy and it gets yeah, cotton. I know, yeah, it just it makes you feel horrible. <laughs> so yeah, that's something with that kind of material that will absorb 
you know, your sweat and all the rest of it. Um, layers is the key, so with I realised that really fast. Um, things with zips are very handy, especially when you're walking and you don't have time to like put them over your head, all the rest of it. Boots as well, like for, uh, for my first pair I went to Decathlon and the staff there were brilliant. They sized up the shoe for me, they said, you know, they, even if you don't feel comfortable speaking to someone, all the, the boots have like signs on them saying for moderate hiking, for longer hikes, for short hikes, for pavement, you know, and for grass, for all the rest of it. So it's really good to see that it can be a wee bit overwhelming. So you can speak to someone or if you know you feel confident enough, just read the sign. Because the signs are quite self-explanatory anyway. Um, I also invested in, well, I didn't, I got gifted them by Pam and Fiona for one of my birthdays previously was uh, walking poles because if you have dodgy knees like me and that they start to creak a lot um, they, they're a lifesaver so it's especially more, yeah when you're going up but especially when you're coming down because that's at the point where you feel the shocks running through your absolutely your knee, yeah. I love walking poles yeah, they literally do save your life yeah. when you're going downhill <laughs> definitely yeah. so the boots I think are the most important thing mm. the amount of times that we've been out and I've seen people in trainers and I actually did think you could wear trainers first until I was told no you cannot well they're just so slippery aren't yeah. they they just don't give you the support no, around your ankles definitely as well. not and they're not waterproof and so also probably in the Scottish weather waterproofs big thing mm. a big thing so even like my outer layer uh, is waterproof like a jacket or you know even like a waterproof kind of like something along the lines of a hoodie or a zipper um, because it's such a big thing because you know the rain, you don't mind hiking in the rain because you know you're still outdoors and it's not as if it's torrential rain I've never been out in torrential rain it's always been a wee bit of a drizzle if you start to feel soggy it can put you in a bad mood like we all know if you're out and you've got like little pumps on and you're out in the town and it's raining um, it just puts you in a bad mood for the rest of the day, so waterproof is definitely key. <laughs> the other tip I would say, um, Walk Highlands. So this a website that is called Walk Highlands and it's basically, that's how I kind of map out all my hikes. It's, I think there's other websites as well, but that, this is brilliant because it grades the hikes. It tells you the bog factor as well. It tells you like all the different stages. It tells you if you want to extend your walk, you can go this way. If you want to finish it here, then back this way. So I think, you know, and it also splits it by a geographical area in Scotland as well. So if you want to stay nearer to home, you can go into Glasgow. If you want to go further afield, if you've got the time, if you want to do an overnight, it tells you everything. And I think, you know, a lot of people are probably a bit worried about, oh, I don't know which trail to do. I don't know what way to go. I don't know if I'll get lost while I'm out there. A lot of them have do have, like, as I was saying, like their way marked and stuff. So you're, you're okay when you're out there. Um, but if you are going on, say, a Munro or something and it's not one with a path or a hill or whatever, um, the website is brilliant. I would say if you're a bit unsure, try and find someone that's like-minded to go with you for the first few times. Um, I've been on my own probably a couple of times, but again, it's not been Munro's or even Corbett's. It's been like smaller hills. Um, and I think, you'll one, you'll enjoy the company. To, if it's someone more experienced with you than you, is it, that's great because that's what I did with two people that were a lot more experienced than me, um, and it's good because they tell you different tips and hints. And is there a first route that you would recommend for anyone who wants to go out for that first hike in in the countryside of Scotland? Yeah, definitely. So there's probably a couple that I would say. One is probably the Kilpatrick Hills, and it's one that goes up 
uh, to Loch Humphrey, I think it is. So you can stop at Loch Humphrey and come back down. Um, if you if you were more seasoned, you could continue going and uh, meet the Wangi, which would be my second hike. So the that's one that took my niece on the first time was the Wangi, and she just half the fun she said was saying the name, so <laughs> she kept saying it. So the Wangi is great um, because it's literally just outside of the city, and it's quite an easy path all the way up so you can either go to the cairn or you can go to what is called I think the devil's tail. The devil's tail is the bit that looks like magical because it's all these kind of rock formations in the middle of nowhere um, or you can go to the cairn as well or you can go to both um, and both of the, those two are easy enough to follow because it's literally just one path you can't get lost um, and then maybe maybe even Connick Hill or Ben Ann like Ben Ann was the one that I took my mum on the first time and Connick Hill um, I see a lot of people doing that as a first one, so I think it must be strenuous enough, but also kind of straightforward, and it's got amazing views because it's it's not that far from Ben Lomond, so you can see Ben Lomond from there as well, um, and that's one that I took my sister on the first time as well. It's got a lot of steps initially, and I remember her stopping every kind of section and saying, is, is it just steps the whole way? Because that's not what I thought a hill would be. And I was like, no, it that does then level off and then go up like to what, like a hill. So it is kind of easier in that way because you can't go wrong with just going up steps and then you kind of see the hill once you've passed the steps and you know where you're going. So, And then Ben Ann because literally it's um, one of those more smaller mountains or hills and it is nicknamed the mountain in miniature and it's the views are just insane for that kind of level you're not even that high up and oh, it's just amazing and there's always that one iconic photo that you've got to take on the on the top where it's like a point so a lot of people will climb up to the point and sit there and you've got the kind of water behind you and other mountains behind you and you're just sitting on this point looking like you're at the edge of the world so wow. you've got to take that iconic photo if you go there <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Zara, this has been so much fun. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. It. Have you good? Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's good to hear. And also, I think what you've said has been really inspirational. Oh, and, thank you. And I hope others see that hiking is accessible for anyone, definitely. no matter if you haven't done sport your whole life definitely. or anything like that. Yeah, so definitely. thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Zara's podcast. If you're enjoying The Outdoors Fix, please subscribe to it and mention it to your family and friends. There's loads more photos and info about the podcast and guests on theoutdoorsfix.com or on Instagram at theoutdoorsfix. Now, time for some sounds from nature and an opportunity to relax. This time is the sound of swallows on a farm in Somerset.
Thank you for listening to The Outdoors Fix. The podcast is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online, offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience.